Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, America. How are you? It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. I feel like I should say a little bit of a professional milestone occurred today. I was able to, you know, so I have my, my office, my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, but I have generally been broadcasting from the bunker in my house for the last decade. I finally moved into an office, but they didn't turn the internet on. Moved into the end of uh, December. They started working on the internet, but they hadn't put it in yet until this morning. So I'm actually broadcasting from the home office again today because I wasn't, there was no guarantee they actually would get the internet on, but they did. So by next week, I should be able to, I actually took all my meetings this morning in the office. By next week, I should be able to actually do my show from an actual office. And it's kind of odd because, odd's probably not the right word there, but when I was a lawyer for six years and I'm in the same building where I practiced law for so many years, which feels like a homecoming to me of sorts. It's just, it was, there's something to be said about having an office. Now to make everything else line up and work. Um, to, to keep it going. But nonetheless, I digress. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, you are more than welcome. It's a free-for-all today. You can call in about things you are interested in that I might otherwise not cover. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Now stand by because I will come to you, but I want to talk about this border situation first. Uh, Jim Banks the congressman from Indiana who is running for the U.S. Senate tweeted this out uh, yesterday. More illegal aliens have crossed the southern border into the United States under Joe Biden than the entire population of Indiana. There's some perspective for you. Than the entire population of Indiana. The border, we may... Not cover it every day, but the border is not going away. The border continues to be a problem for this country. And Greg Abbott, pretty angry about it. So it it is too early. Uh, As that program goes into place, as my analysis and the analysis of others, uh, that that is actually going to increase the number of people coming across the border. The reason is because the Biden administration is basically uh, granting parolee status to these people who are coming across the border illegally. And all that will do is to spur even more people to rush the border thinking that they too will get parolee status. But to be clear, what the Biden administration is doing is flat out contrary to federal law. Federal law does not allow this mass parolee process. It requires uh, any president, executive branch to uh, issue parole on only a case-by-case basis. And so we, the state of Texas, we filed a lawsuit to put a stop to this program by the Biden administration because it is clearly, unequivocally, against the law. The Biden administration doesn't really have an answer. This is the problem. The Biden administration doesn't have a solution. You know the expression, the forest for the trees? Uh, sometimes conservatives and liberals, they run into problems because one's looking at the trees and one's looking at the forest, depending on the issue. Now, 
I want to head down this road, but I need to carve out something first. Yes, it is true. There are people on the Democratic side who view illegal immigration as a boon for the Democratic Party. Give them citizenship. They will vote Democrat. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying that. But set that aside for a moment, please. Because there is another side of it as well. The other side of it as well, the other side of it is the Biden administration also has people within the Biden administration who actually do care about the issue. I'm going to credit them for caring about the issue. The problem, however, is they see the forest and they're not seeing the trees. And this is an issue where I think most Republicans see the forest and also recognize the trees. What I mean by that is you and I see people coming across our border. A wall would stop them from coming across the border. And we can stop them from coming across the border. We also know, so those are the trees, the people coming across. We also see the forest. And the forest is you have multiple jurisdictions of Central America, multiple governmental jurisdictions that are third world hellholes, and people are fleeing from those countries because of gang violence, because of dictatorships, because of political instability, economic instability, and they're trying to come to this country for a better life. So there is a long-term issue, and there is a short-term issue. The short-term issue is how do you build a wall to keep people from crossing the border? The long-term issue is how do you help Central American countries get on their feet so that people aren't walking to the border where they are then met by that wall and trying to find ways around it? The Biden administration is so focused on root causes, the forest, they don't see the trees the individual people coming across the board, they don't see it. They, they they ignore it. Biden won't even go down there to see it. Remember, when he went to El Paso so he could finally say he went to the border, they took him somewhere they had cleaned out of illegal aliens so he never had to encounter one. True story, by the way. The Biden administration sent Joe Biden to El Paso, Texas, so reporters would stop badgering him about having never been to the border and made sure that when he got there, there would be no illegal aliens for him to lay eyes on so he could claim the problem was not as bad as it is. That's the truth. That actually happened. And then he went to Mexico to talk about root causes and instead spent his time talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion and climate change with the presidents of Mexico and Canada. They can't see the trees for the forest. They can't see the short-term problems because they're so focused on dealing with the long-term problem of economic collapse and political collapse in Central America. If you are a good leader, you have to do both. The short-term here and now issue is a massive number of people are crossing the border into this country illegally. More people from Mexico have crossed into this country since Biden was president than inhabit all of Indiana. And if you built a wall or put a bunch of troops there, you could stop it. But they've chosen not to stop it because they want to stop the root causes. When you get sick, yes, you want to stop the illness, but you also must treat the uncomfortable symptoms. One of the symptoms of the root cause of the problem is this massive convoy of people coming across the border. You got to deal with that symptom while you're also treating the illness. And the Biden administration does not seem capable of doing that. They actually 
are capable. They just don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. And that then gets into the problem of there are people within this administration who really do believe it's a net positive for this country for a variety of reasons, not just because of a new pool of Democratic voters, but because of a worker shortage in this country that they don't really want to enforce because they're okay with illegal immigrants coming here, working bare bones, minimum wage, less than minimum wage jobs to do the jobs they think Americans won't do. That in and of itself is a multifaceted, uh, complicated dynamic of left-wing thinking that is pervasive in this administration. But it goes hand-in-hand with the idea that they think the problem is too complex to solve with a short-term temporary solution such as a border wall. And the result is that you and I are left dealing with an influx of gangs, drugs, fentanyl, good, hardworking people who want to come here to work and a whole lot of other people and children being trafficked or otherwise coming into this country because they cannot see the forest and the trees separately. They can only deal with the long-term solution, not the short-term solution. The problem for the Biden administration is that it continues to fester and it shows no signs of resolving in large part Because the Biden administration has decided the reason this is happening is because of the political and economic instability in Central and South America. And they think if they solve those problems, they will solve the illegal alien problem coming into this country. But they can't solve that anytime soon. Even if we even if we assume they have a plan and they had the money and they could solve it, that's not a immediate thing. It's going to take time. And so the convoys of migrants will still come to this country. And the best they can do is call them migrants instead of actually recognizing they are illegal aliens who have no business being here. The problem continues to fester and allows Republicans more talking points against the Democrats. Now, I want to go to Jim's call on this particular issue. Jim, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call, Eric. I actually think we're thinking about the border problem incorrectly. I think since we're trying to help Mexico and the South American countries out, I think we should give Mexico a skypen to build the wall on their southern border and then pay Mexico to maintain that wall with a security force. Take us out of the equation. That way we're showing the Mexicans goodwill. Because their country's getting as trashed as our country is from all the migrants coming through there. I don't think Americans really realize that. I mean, if you travel down there, you'll see the damage that these people are doing to their country, too. And they're very proud of their country. And they like to keep it clean. You know, that that is a really good I, a good thing you said because I think a lot of people do presume it's a bunch of Mexicans coming into this country, and it's actually not. It's uh, Guatemalans, Panamanians, Honduras, Nicaraguans, uh, Venezuelans, Colombians. There are a lot of people not from Mexico coming in, and they are turning northern Mexico into a, a landfill of trash uh, as, as they cluster and wait to try to come across the border. Plus, they're paying the drug cartels. Uh, so... You know, we should probably figure out a way to do this. The, the downside here, though, Jim, is that the Mexican government, This is, I'm going to get accused of racism for saying this, and it's not true. The Mexican government is failing. It's collapsing. AMLO, the president there, is, is accused of being in bed with some of the drug cartels to begin with anyway. And he's not sufficiently fighting the drug cartels. He is not sufficiently... Uh, reckoning with them. Did you see the video of them arresting El Capo's son or whatever? 
and the Mexican police and military were vastly outnumbered and outfought, and it's become a major situation down there. There are parts of Mexico the Mexican government has just abandoned to the drug cartels, and that then causes a lot of Mexicans to join the, the convoys of illegal immigrants coming into this country, but it is not just them. Again, it's a real multifaceted, complicated problem, but there is a very easy short-term solution, and that is build a wall and keep them out. You watch the videos of people coming across. It's kind of a no-brainer. Put up a wall. It will make it harder for them to come and deter a significant number of them, and we need to do something. If you own a small to medium-sized business that kept employees on payroll through COVID, you may have a big cash refund waiting for you. The employee retention credit is a tax credit of up to $26,000 per employee, and now more businesses than ever qualify. The experts at RefundsPro.com specialize in cutting through the red tape of qualifying for this government program. Most of their refunds are over $100,000. Even businesses that have received PPP funds may be eligible, and there are absolutely no fees unless you receive a refund. There's no reason not to apply. If your business experienced shutdowns, limited capacity, supply chain challenges, or even reduced revenue due to COVID, you likely qualify. RefundsPro.com has already helped hundreds of businesses, so don't lose the refund you're owed by missing the deadline. Get started today with a free five-minute questionnaire at Refunds with an S, RefundsPro.com. That's Refunds with an S, Pro.com. Yes, indeed, it's a free-for-all today. You can call in about a topic of your choice, not mine. You do have to get past the call screener, and you're not a guaranteed. you got to get past him, someone who did as Lisa. And I'm going to go to you next. Lisa, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. How are you? Great. What's going on? Well, thanks for taking my call. And I first up front want to say that I'm I'm not very well educated in constitutional stuff and all of that. But something that's been bugging me for a while is that I keep not hearing, I guess I should say, the word invasion of our mm-hmm. border. Um, but Article 4, Section 4 of mm-hmm. the Constitution specifically states in there that the United States shall protect each of the states against invasion. And if there, you know, if the federal government isn't doing it, the legislature supposed, or the executive branch isn't doing it, then the legislative branch shall do it. What what is our legislature doing about this? Uh, okay, um, so that you, you're there are two separate clauses within the section. Um, so the United States shall guarantee to every state in the union a republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. Clause one, right. and on application of the legislature or of the executive, when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. In other words, shall protect states against domestic violence if the legislature asks. That's a separate issue from protect each of them against invasion. Uh, So you've got domestic violence versus invasion. The invasion one, note the difference, though, because it's very significant, is there doesn't have to be an application of request from either the legislative or the executive to stop invasion. 
this is where it goes uh, against those of us who consider ourselves originalists. This is one of the very few times where progressives like to consider themselves originalists. What does the word invasion mean when the founders wrote the Constitution? Uh, what the left argues and at what actually a lot of conservative scholars also will argue, uh, people you would otherwise agree with, including Antonin Scalia, is that invasion does not mean a mass of people coming into the country. It means a mass of hostile people coming in to try to take over the country. Um, and because these are migrants coming here for work and whatnot, uh, the left says, and a lot of conservative scholars would say, it's not an invasion for purposes of what Article 4 means. Article 4 is about a hostile military power coming into the country. You and I can look at this and say, uh, hello, 21st century, we got more people than the state of Indiana flowing into this country. They are taking yeah. over whether we admit it or not. And the judges Correct. would say, while we're sympathetic, that's not what the word invasion meant to the founders. Therefore, it's not applicable. Um, now, you and I can argue about that uh, with them because uh, you and I would agree. But that I just I'm trying to explain their position. At the same time, right? It is absurd that we do have this many people coming into the country, and the Biden administration's solution is well, Texas, you just take care of it, uh, and that's that's not going to work. Texas is overwhelmed. Uh, even the new Democratic governor of Arizona is shipping illegal aliens up north because their infrastructure is taxed. Uh, they're overwhelmed. They, they don't have enough there to be able to, to take care of their own citizens. But just that's where conservative scholars, the Antonin Scalise of the world who are originalists, they look at the word invasion and go back to the 1700s when the founders wrote it. They'd say an invasion means an armed power coming into the country, not this. But I want you to go invade the website of OmahaStakes.com right now, not armed to take it over, but to take advantage of it and their 100% satisfaction guarantee because it is deliciousness delivered to your door and you get 30 extra dollars off. If at checkout you use my name in the promo code, put Eric in, E-R-I-C-K, you get $30 off, minimum order required. I could, I, listen, I can recommend all sorts of stuff to you if you want. Uh, my wife likes caramel apple tartlets. The chocolate cakes are fantastic. But those are the desserts. What about Omaha steaks? What about the steaks? The New York strips, the butcher cut fillets. They have actual real butchers, not machines who hand cut the fillets. You can get the bacon wrap fillets. The chicken breasts are fantastic and tender. They're not the steroid freak chicken breast you get at the grocery store that, that look like uh, they pumped them full of steroids. They're just delicious and tender and juicy. The burgers are great. Everything is good. The value is incredible. You can't get the same value and quality at the grocery store, which is why you should take advantage of this great deal. Go to omahasteaks.com today. Put Eric, E-R-I-C-K, as your promo code at checkout. Get an extra $30 off your order from omahasteaks.com. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson. Across the nation, the phone number is 877-973-7425. Let me take some phone calls now before I get into the difficult subject I would prefer not to talk about, but feel like I need to talk about, but I'm going to avoid it. Talk to you instead. Let's go to Kurt first. Kurt, welcome to the show. Hi, Eric. This is, uh, yeah, this is Kurt. Um, I love your show. I've been listening to you since uh, Rush Limbaugh passed away. Um, Thank you. you. Know, and uh, I'm very thankful for you. Um, listen, uh, I'm an immigrant to this country. I came here in 2005 legally 
and it took me 14 years to become a U.S. citizen. And it was the, 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 the greatest day of my life when I became a, a citizen here in the States. And, you know, for me as an immigrant, it is just absolutely heartbreaking to see uh, our country just being overrun, as it is currently on the southern border. Um, you know, the, it is just, the, I feel hopeless or helpless, but never hopeless. I feel helpless. Um, and I, you know, this, it feels like no one wants to do anything to fix the situation. Um, it, it makes legal immig immigration so much harder when the system is overwhelmed like this. And, All right. You know, Kurt, uh, yeah. I, I, I want to I, I wanna, uh, jump in here because you being from South Africa. Now, uh, can you talk about the process for people who don't know about being able to take up residency in the United States from a, another country? Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my situation uh, specifically. Um, so I came here as a student uh, originally, and then I went over to, uh, I got employment authorization on that visa. And during that time, my wife got a job, and I had to go over onto her visa, which meant I wasn't allowed to work. Um, because only if if uh, if someone has a, a employment visa, uh, it means their spouse cannot work. So I was a stay-at-home dad for seven years until um, uh, the she my my wife got uh, her employer sponsored uh, us for green cards, and I finally got a green card, and then I was able to work and study uh, as as anyone else in this country. And, you know, so, but that was the sacrifice that we had to make is we had to obey, obey the rules of the visa process in order to stay here and to then eventually become um, citizens or get green cards and then become citizens. So it is a long and tedious and expensive process. But, you know, why did I put myself through it? If I could have just walked across the southern border. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have a guy, he lives down the street from me, and he is from Mexico, and he is an American citizen now, and he couldn't get through what you just said with a string of profanities because he's furious that he didn't walk across the country. He walked to the American embassy in Mexico City and filled out the paperwork and was stuck there forever until he, oh my gosh, he like, yes. I don't, and Americans don't understand the process and how angry it makes other people um, that, that these people just Absolutely. come across the border. Yeah, I'm. I'm and glad you it, could you know, explain that. Yeah, and uh, you know, for those people who come here, I don't think they realize that it is no way to live. You know, I have had friends who came here from South Africa, and they overstayed their visas, and they eventually got deported. You know, but they couldn't get driver's license. They couldn't, um, you know, put their, their. I mean, they ended up being able to put their kids in school, but they had to use their, their um, you know, someone else's social security number. You know, it's like a, everything you do is illegal. Right. You know, so it is, it is no way to make a living and, and, and to live. So it, those, those people are not in for a fun time, I can tell you that. Yeah, you know, because it, it's so at every turn you need to lie 
and um, and be dishonest and everything. You know, so it is. And it, it encourages the whole system. Dis- encourages dishonesty. I, I know a guy who yeah. he he's now getting married. He he just got a green card. But every 90 days, he was having to pack up and move because uh, he he couldn't stay in the country on his visa. He had to leave. He would go someplace abroad, apply, get back in. It was cost prohibitive. He didn't want to break the law. He wanted to follow the process. And he looks at the people who are just here getting benefits and, and, and giving attaboys by the left. And it just drives him insane that he was punished and penalized for being law-abiding. Uh, when the people who aren't seem to be getting praised and, and treated as if they, they deserve to be here. Oh, it, it makes me mad and talking I, about too. And I want to see politicians start advocating for legal immigrants. You mm-hmm. know, who, who advocates for legal immigrants? No one. There's no one advocating for people who is, are doing it the right way. Right. Why not? Why oh, are they pandering it, to, to people who, who do it illegally? Well, and it's not just that, too. There there are so many people in this country on, on the right who are so opposed to immigration at all. They don't even want to make the system less complex. I'm like, one, with our birth rate, we could use a few more people here to help. But two, why are we, you on the right, opposing illegal immigration? Why do you also want a super burdensome, complex process for people like you who yeah. could come improve our society, it just oh, listen. The whole thing makes me mad. I, I'll advocate with a name like yeah. Erickson. I feel like I gotta advocate for legal immigrants. I'm pretty <laughs> sure my grandfather wasn't one. But, <laughs> but look, have a great weekend, Kurt. Yeah. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know if my grandfather he jumped ship in Philadelphia as a kid and. I don't know. Um, you know, all of my family in Sweden, they spell their last name differently, but I guess he was legal because the immigration officer spelled his name E-R-I-C-K, and he just never did anything with it. Nonetheless, I digress. Back to the phones, waiting patiently. Daniel, you're up next. Welcome. Daniel, um, hi there. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Um, I have... One question, but another question to make you look good, if that's okay. So oh, yes. my first question, my first question is, okay, they always say, don't touch uh, Social Security, don't touch entitlements. But if they up the up the minimum retirement age to sixty three, how much time would that bias? Because I've always heard that twenty thirty five is a year that uh, Social Security uh, would become insolvent. And my second question, if you don't mind. Um, my second question is, I've always heard you say that if Trump and uh, DeSantis ran together, the both in Florida and the uh, electoral votes wouldn't count for them. So why wouldn't I want to have a candidate from California and a vice president from California run for the presidency and California's electoral votes don't count? That seems like an automatic win. <laughs> okay. Yeah, look, look, if you had Kamala Harris and Gavin Newsom run, which is why it won't happen, uh, and there is an easy fix. Somebody moves their voter registration to another state, uh, they'll probably be allowed. To, I mean, that's what Dick Cheney did. He moved his voter registration back to Wyoming so he and George Bush wouldn't both be from Texas. Otherwise, they would have lost. Um, impossible for that to happen. And for those of you who don't know what Rod's, uh, or what Daniel's talking about here, um, he, 
under the Constitution, two people from a, a state can run together as president and vice president, but there's a catch. The votes of the Electoral College from their state do not count. So you you have Trump and DeSantis run as a ticket, both of them claiming to be residents of Florida. They can still run for president, but the votes for the state of Florida will not count in the Electoral College. So you got to build a bigger margin if you want them to get elected. Um, that's the problem. Now, as to the other question, I don't know how long it would extend it, but it would extend it if you increase retirement age. And there actually is a bipartisan proposal in Congress now uh, to move it to, I think, 67. In France, they're moving it to 67, and they were okay doing that because the, the senior citizens were too old to riot. Otherwise, they would have, but they're not happy. But it is a societal burden. And listen, I mean, you, you, countries in Europe that have bigger government pension programs than we do, they're going to have serious problems. Italy is looking at uh, a third or more of its workforce retiring within the next 20 years. It's going to bankrupt their pension program because they do not have a replacements available. There are not enough young people in Italy joining the workforce to sustain the burden of the pension program. In this country, uh, I still think at some point we're going to have to means test Social Security. There's no reason for Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, and the like to be collecting Social Security when they've got enough money. Uh, but we have always considered it somewhat sacred, sacrosanct, and we don't touch it. But to save it, we're going to have to means test it, where people who have a certain amount of money in their bank accounts when they retire, they're not going to get it, or at least not as much of it as people who don't have the money set aside themselves to sustain themselves. It's it's going to be a real problem for them. All right, look at that. I've managed to drag it out uh, so that I don't have to talk about what I didn't want to talk about, but I'm going to have to talk about it anyway when we come back. I know, real nebulous, isn't it? Let me talk about something else because I have just replied. While Kurt was actually talking, I got the email and replied and to Mercer, uh, who may be listening right now, and I... This is like the fifth or sixth time this has happened. Several weeks ago, I mentioned a book. And ever since then, people have been emailing me, direct messaging me, you name it. What is the name of the book? What was the name of the book? I can't remember the book. A Message to Garcia. I am looking at my copy on my desk right now. When I was a new lawyer at my law firm, Every one of us got a copy of this book, A Message to Garcia. The book is maybe, honestly, five pages long, five or six. It's a pretty quick read. It is from a book about uh, a um, President McKinley during the Spanish-American War. Wanted to get a message to Garcia, who was the Cuban military leader, guerrilla leader in the jungles fighting the Spanish. And the message was given to this American soldier to get this message to Garcia, and away he went. And so the story of the book is to note that the president did not tell this person where Garcia was, how to find Garcia, how to get to Garcia, what to do to get to Garcia, how to convey the message to him, and just said, here's this message, get it to this man. And the soldier had to figure out how to do it all. And the message of the story is that more and more 
particularly younger generations, have no initiative and drive to figure things out for themselves. Unless you tell them the entire process the whole way through, they are to some degree incapable of being able to do the whole thing. And so the purpose of the book, uh, the reason I got it as a new lawyer was essentially to tell me, uh, when your boss comes to you and says, do X, Y, and Z, go figure it out. Don't expect your boss to do it for you or tell you precisely how to do it. Go figure it out. You may make mistakes along the way, but you'll learn and be a better employee, be a better worker, be a better entrepreneur if you've got to go do it yourself. It's called A Message to Garcia. I recommend this book. Now, it's it's an old book. It'll offend some of the Gen Zers with some of the blunt language about people with no work ethic. Uh, but it's, it's a worthy book. Uh, it's very small. A Message to Garcia. Uh, the president never asked, never said who Garcia was or where he was or how to get to him. The soldier had to figure it out, and he did, and he got the message to Garcia and won the war. It's the message in the book. So there you go, message to Garcia. Now, I'm going to take more phone calls, but first we got a commercial break, and before we go to commercial break, i got to tell you about Patriot Mobile. I had an experience again the other day. So I have two phones. I have a my regular phone, and I have my Patriot Mobile phone. They have two different phone numbers. I am very careful in who I give numbers to. I'm trying to do better. i got to get a, probably a new phone number at some point with my primary phone. But yet again, I was in a part of the state where I had signal service, Patriot Mobile, and I didn't with my other phone. And the reason is because Patriot Mobile uses the same cell towers everyone else uses, and you can kind of pick or choose the, the, the carrier tower system setup with Patriot Mobile. It just it really does work well for me to be able to have these two phones. And the Patriot Mobile system, I'm telling you, hands down, you get guaranteed great service because they use the towers everyone else uses. My other carrier, uh, I, I don't want to go into who my carriers are, but it just didn't have a tower in the area. Never had a problem with Patriot Mobile and ironically did with with my other cell phone company that's one of the big name brand carriers. Patriot Mobile works. You can take your existing phone number to them or you can get a new phone number from them. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. And they take a portion of their profits. They fund the causes you care about, the pro-life movement, the Veterans and First Responders of America, the Second Amendment movement, they write checks based on their profits. You grow their profits by taking your business to them. You literally are helping grow the conservative movement by joining Patriot Mobile with your cell phone service, and you get the guaranteed great service. If you don't want to do it online, you can do it on phone, 972-PATRIOTS, their number, 972-PATRIOT. Call them, tell them I sent you. You get guaranteed great service from them. You get free activation with my name, 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Eric. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. If you are growing your business, they want to help you. If they can, spend 10 minutes with them and see just 10 minutes. If you're fit for them, them for you. They've got a great program. We're talking $750,000 deals and more. They specialize in things like if you're buying a building or you're building a building or you're buying out the competitor or your business partner or growing a franchise or buying into a franchise, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. Okay, um, I want to go back to the phones, and let me go to Rod. Welcome to the show, Rod. Hello, this is Hi. Rod. Yep. Okay, uh, this is Rod from Forsyth, Georgia. I'm a friend of Will Davis at the Monroe County Reporter, and I go to a PCA church in Forsyth. Excellent. Got, Good for you. Got two, th- two questions. Uh, people use the 14th Amendment and say that gives a, a right of privacy. Therefore, 
they claim that that should uh, allow people to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. That's so what they that, say. Yeah. That's what they say, but I want to hear what you say. Okay. Uh, so yeah. it, what they do, so it's twofold. Um, they interpret a privacy right. So the 14th Amendment, the Supreme Court has said, takes the Bill of Rights and applies it to the states. Uh, the court had previously said there was a privacy right, and I think the Fourth or Fifth Amendment, and that privacy right is then applied to the states. The problem is then the Griswold case took that privacy right and said, well, there's a privacy right as to uh, medical care in your home and medical care. Uh, so that's one step removed from the Bill of Rights and the and the 14th Amendment. And then along comes Roe v. Wade and says, well, one step removed from that is the right to an abortion. So you can't find it in the Constitution or even one step removed from the Constitution. It's two steps removed. And as Clarence Thomas says, it actually comes from this idea of substantive due process, which was not intended to be in the Constitution, is not in the Constitution, and should be uh, unwound from constitutional doctrine. Okay, thank you. Second question is somewhat related. Uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, the justices sent uh, the decision back to each individual 50 states so that they could decide on abortion. So my question is, uh, since the Supreme Court justice decided that uh, they could have same-sex marriages in all 50 states, do you think it's possible that some state could bring a suit up to the justices, and they might refer it back to each individual states like they did with Roe v. Wade. Yeah, that, that's been part of the freakout um, is because Clarence Thomas said the same uh, way that that the Supreme Court put abortion into the Constitution, the substantive due process clause, is how they did gay marriage and interracial marriage. And if it's in the Constitution, you've got to find it somewhere else or it needs to be left to the states. And so Congress has now amended uh, legislation saying federally it will recognize marriages between two men. Uh, Therefore, there's really nothing you can do without repealing that law um, because Congress can preempt the states on something like that as a matter of interstate commerce. So um, marriage has left the building.